Hello Cryptonauts, today is Saturday, June 6, 2020. On today's episode of Cryptocurrency Chat, we're going to talk about the top 10 average daily, as well as your daily crypto news. I'm your host, Blockchain John. Alrighty, Cryptonauts, happy Saturday. Let's get started with the top 10 average daily. Starting off with... Whoa, what happened here? What's going on? Okay, there we go. I just had to refresh the page. Starting off with Bitcoin settling at $9,660.27. And in second place, we have Ethereum settling at $242.20. In third place, we have USDT. Tether settling at 99 cents, and XRP Ripple settling at 20 cents, and Bitcoin Cash in fifth place settling at 253 dollars and 91 cents, and in sixth place we have Bitcoin SV Satoshi's Vision settling at 193 dollars and 99 cents, and in seventh place we have Litecoin settling at 46 dollars and 50 cents, and in eighth place we have Binance Coin settling at 17 dollars and 55 cents. And in ninth place, we have EOS settling at $2.80. And in 10th place, we have Cardano settling at $0.08. All right, so that is the top 10. What I forgot to give you guys was the percentage breakdown. So we're going to go back and do the the percentage breakdown. Starting off with Bitcoin with a 0.43% gain. Second place, Ethereum for a 0.64% gain. In third place, we have Tether for a 0.01% gain. And in fourth place, we have Ripple settling at 0.18% gain. And in fifth place, we have Bitcoin Cash for a 0.7% loss. Sixth place, we have Bitcoin SV, so Shoshi's Vision for a 0.23% loss. And in seventh place, we have Litecoin for a 0.49% loss. And in eighth place, we have Binance Coin for a 0.77% loss. And in ninth place, we have EOS for a 0.84% loss. And in 10th place, we have Cardano for a 1.73% gain. Okay, your overall market cap value is at $275.76 billion. So, with that said, let's get started with the crypto news of the day. Alright Cryptonauts, before we get started with the crypto news, I just want to remind you that there is a Discord channel available and I will leave a link in the description below. Make sure you join, hang out, chit chat, post crypto related news or whatever you want. Okay, so with that said, oh, in addition to that, make sure you are all staying safe, make sure you are sheltering in place, make sure that your quarantine is nice and comfortable with plenty of toilet paper. Make sure you have plenty of toilet paper make sure that you have proper no uh sanitizer hand sanitizer um what else just make sure you're wearing your face mask when you go out make sure you keep your social distancing at six feet um yeah that's your uh that's your daily that's your daily so let's get started um with the first article coming in from coin telegraph how bitcoin can help the african-american community According to author Isaiah Jackson, 
establishing economic strength could help the black community in ways protesting on the streets can't. If Bitcoin is the peaceful protest, crypto advocates like Binance CEO Cheng Peng Sao and author Isaiah Jackson says it is, then how can the average person use it to help the African American community right now? According to the Bitcoin and Black America author who spoke to Cointelegraph on June 4th, it starts with buying power, whether that comes from fiat or cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin. The disparity of wealth between African Americans and white people in the United States created by a long history of racist, practice, racist practices, including redlining and discrimination at banks, also needs to be addressed if trage- tragedies like the murder of George Floyd are to stop. Jackson highlighted the impact not having this kind of power can have in a community. Quote, without economic strength, you have cops coming from outside of the community into there and they don't value it. They don't value your people. They don't see you as a person and that's an issue. Although Jackson said he isn't against making donations to, to causes in crypto or cash in support of the protest, the investment needs to run deeper than that, including to black-owned small businesses. The author says capital can help fight police brutality in different ways than taking to the streets. Quote, as far as how to deal with the oppressor, there's only two ways in my opinion. Either bankrupt them, money-wise, the state, or violence. Think a better option is money. Donating to the cause. Protesting like the ones currently happening in major cities in the United States and across the world have been known to result in a surge of interest in cryptocurrencies. Signs calling to buy Bitcoin have already appeared in several cities. Cointelegraph reported that in August, the movement in Hong Kong caused some local businesses to accept decentralized digital currencies. Nevertheless, investors should be vigilant to ensure their money is going forward, is going toward a legitimate cause. At least one group is making a cash grab in George Floyd's name using a personalized token. Jackson named crypto charity group like BitGive and GiveBitcoin as a potential start. It would be great to see them align with either the Black Lives Matter movement or, I would argue, a more local organization. Alright, next news, next news. 6 million Bitcoin, 6 in Bitcoin are secured by shared custody. Almost one-third of the entire Bitcoin supply is secured with a feature that gained adoption after the Mt. Gox heist. Almost 6 million Bitcoins are stored in multi-signature wallets, nearly one-third of the total supply. Prevents exit scams. Bitcoin is generally secured with a combination of public and private keys. In order to transact on the Bitcoin network, a user needs to sign each transaction with their private keys. This works fine in most use cases, but there are situations where this setup is not ideal. For example, let's say the founder of a crypto exchange secures all of the firm's assets with their private key. This may lead to several problematic situations. What happens if the founder suddenly dies, gets hacked, or decides to engage in an exit scam? In all of those situations, the exchange would go belly up and users would lose their funds. In order to alleviate these issues, a soft fork was introduced in 2012 that enabled the use of multi-signature wallets. Bitcoins could now be secured with multiple signatures, where X out of N signatures would be required to spend it. This means that wallets could now be controlled by multiple users without anyone 
user having the ability to spend the coins on their own. Mt. Gox spurred adoption. The same exchange founder could secure all the deposits with five signatures and require at least three signatures for a transaction. These five signatures could belong to the various company's executives. They could even delegate one or more of the signatures to a trusted third party. We observe the mass adoption of this feature only began in 2015. There is a simple explanation for this, Mt. Gox. After the notorious hack, the community realized that a decentralized system should not rely only on a single point of failure. As most individual holders still do not use this feature, the number of bitcoins stored in multi-signature wallets could also be used as a good indicator of what proportion of bitcoin is held by businesses. Next news. Three things every crypto investor should know about trading bitcoin futures. Crypto exchanges are offering more futures and option instruments for investors, but it's crucial to be aware of funding and other fees. Trading Bitcoin futures might see might seem easy on the surface, but there are a number of fees that investors seeking big returns from high leverage trades ignore. In addition to trading fees, investors should also be aware of the variable funding rates that many exchanges, levy, and even maker and taker fees should be taken into account. Let's take a look at three things every crypto trader should know about trading Bitcoin futures. Knowing the funding rate. There are quite a few hidden costs when trading Bitcoin futures contracts. The most basic one is the funding rate charged to over to all per perpetual futures. These instruments are also known as perpetual swaps and such fees are applied at every exchange. The future, you know what? I don't wanna read this. Next news, crypto ransom amount skyrockets 200% in 2019. Okay, let's read that. A report from Crypsis Group revealed that threat actors have significantly escalated their tactical approaches in ransomware attacks. A study revealed by digital forensics firms Crypsis Group shows an actively growing trend in the ransoms demanded by ransomware attackers. Amounts sharply rose 200% from 2018 to 2019, according to the 2020 Incident Response and Data Breach Report. It's no surprise that cyber criminals have claimed exorbitant crypto ransoms in the past three years. The firm pointed out that the medium amount of funds demanded as ransom was $115,123. Attackers are getting sophisticated. Crypsis Group says attackers are shifting their tactics to enterprise-targeted ransomware. They carefully select victims capable of paying higher sums with tactics that are maturing over time. Attack tactics by the criminals have also apparently adapted very well to overcome defense strategies adopted by victims. Popular ransomware's variants. Crypsis Group stated that 2019 saw the rise of ransomware variants such as Ryuk Sodinokibi and Phobos, noting that these tactics are highly effective. The reported revealed that Ryuk's ransomware was the most popular variant in 2018. Threat actors rely on the banking trojan, known as TrickBot, to release spam phishing campaigns against the victims. On May 25th, Cointelegraph reported on a report from Verizon 
which shows the attackers are targeting educational services in greater numbers since the start of 2020. Right, next news. This Chinese city is launching a blockchain notary program. Shuhu wants to implement a blockchain-based pilot program to use real-time notarial tracing functions across the country. Local media outlets are reporting that a blockchain-powered pilot program will provide a wide range of notary services in Shuzhou, China. According to China Quality News, authorities of Shuzhou announced on June 5th that the program aims to help millions of citizens access legal government offices via the internet. The pilot platform created by the Shuzhou Municipal Market Supervision Bureau and the Shusu Municipal Bureau of Justice will cover personal freedom, life, health, property rights, and more. Okay, <laughs> blockchain-based cloud networks to distribute files. All the materials will be available through the cloud. Audio and video r- records will be shared among notaries involved for legal purposes, thus facilitating the use of real-time tracing functions. The network will be called the Shusu Notary Chain. It will, be, it will allow the administrative law enforcement unit to use the system for online notarizations and will carry out the entire process through shared files on the cloud platform when a dis- dispute occurs. Unlike the conventional method of storing audio and video files within a law enforcement database, the blockchain-based notary services platform will process everything from recording to distribution. This will guarantee easy data storage, high security, non-tampering, and traceability which will improve the transparency of the administrative law enforcement. Cool. Let's go to the next. Actually, you know what? Let me finish reading this. China's blockchain adoption status. China continues to take essential steps to adopt blockchain technology in the country and implement related related systems in different sectors of the economy. Telegraph reported on a pilot program launched in Hainan province that aims to strengthen cross-border payments via blockchain technology. On June 2nd, Chinese authorities released a master plan for making Hainan's a free trade island that encourages institutions to use blockchain in transforming government functions. Okay, next news. Brave comes under file for Binance affiliated link autofill. Okay, yes, I heard about this earlier. Let me go ahead and read this. Brave appears to have removed a controversial feature that was autofilling the company's affiliate affiliate link when a user attempts to access Binance. Crypto power privacy focused web browser Brave has come under fire for automatically filling an affiliate link into its address bar when a user attempts to access the website for lending crypto exchange Binance and its United States based subsidiary Binance.us. Brave's co-founder and chief executive Brendan Yich has acknowledged the quote mistake pledging that the error will soon be corrected to remove the automatic completion of its affiliate link after the situation gained traction on crypto twitter <laughs> brave's default autocompletes verbatim binance.us with the address bar to add an affiliate code we are a binance affiliate affiliate we refer users via the opt-in trading widget on the new tab page but autocompletes should not add any code tweeted itch Brave embroiled in affiliate link controversy. 
After gaining con- contro- controversy on Twitter, Brave has announced it will remove a function that forcefully inserts the company's affiliate link into its address bar when users access Binance's website. Each thank members of the crypto community for identifying the issue and providing feedback to the community and sought to assure the community that the error will quickly be fixed. Each said, The autocomplete default was inspired by search query client ID attributions that all browsers do, but unlike keyword queries, a typed-in URL should go to the domain named without any additions. Sorry for the mistake, we are clearly not perfect, but we correct course quickly, he added. Prominent crypto analyst Whale Panda also posted that the browser has been similarly inserting affiliate links into the address of users seeking, seeking to ask, access top US-based exchange Coinbase and lending hardware wallets manufacturer Ledger and Trezor. Brave popularity grows. In recent days, Brave reported that its active monthly user base has exceeded 15 million, a more than 100% annual increase. Roughly one-third of Brave's monthly users utilize the browser every day. A recent episode of the Joe Rogan Experience podcast saw the host and guest Reggie Watts discuss internet-based operational security with a pair advocating for Brave's use. Cool. Next news, cryptocurrency news from Japan. Hmm, let's kind of want to look at that real quick. If we get a load up. Okay, two exchanges saw unauthorized access issues. Japan ranked second in 24 hours Bitcoin trading volume for May globally. And more headlines news from Japan this past week. This week's headline from Japan included CoinCheck updating the public on recent data leak, a blockchain tech outfit unveiled for plans of digital local currencies, BitBank facing a breach similar to CoinCheck, the Japanese STO Association gaining its first full-time trust bank member, and Japan achieving the second highest 24-hour Bitcoin trading volume numbers for May. Mm. There, yeah, let me go ahead and read all this. Yeah, I'll read it all. Uh, CoinCheck, okay, da, da, da. CoinCheck updates public on users' data leak. Tokyo-based crypto exchange CoinCheck faced a hack between May 30th and June 1st, leading to hundreds of users' leaked data. The leak involved omi.com, the exchange's web address filing outlet. Originally, a numbers showed 200 customers affected. An update from CoinCheck revealed leaked information from 300 users. Data at risk of exposures include email addresses, names and phone numbers as well as other information. Blockchain tech company announces plans for local digital currencies. Japan saw plans for a new local digital currency recently, unveiled from Soromitsu, a Japanese blockchain tech company named Bioko, which translates to White Tiger. The company will utilize University of Aizu in Fukushima for the endeavor. The token sits on Hyperledger, Iroha, a blockchain built by Solomitsu. Bitbank sees similar hacks as CoinCheck, but no data leak. Bitbank, Bitbank faced a hack similar to CoinCheck, although no customer data was reportedly leaked. A perpetrator, per- 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 
a per perpetrator, a perpetrator, there we go, perpetrator, there we go. A perpetrator gained unapproved entry to the outfit's web address filing company and altered the exchange's information on May 27th. BitBank looked into the scene fixing the information on May 29th. Wow, that took that took a while for me to think of that. Perpetrator. Perpetrator. Jesus. Perpetrator. Uh, Japan STO Association gains Sumitomo Mitsu Trust. Japanese, no, Japan's STO Association saw Sumitomo's Mitsu Trust Bank enters as the group's inaugural full-time trust bank member, coming to life with regulatory approval in April. April 2020. The Japan STO Association is a security token offering or STO self-regulating body. The association now boasts 10 full members, including SBI Securities, Rakuten Securities, and Monex. The endeavor also includes, includes a number of supporting members. Japan posts second highest daily global Bitcoin trading volume. Japan recently posted the second highest average 24-hour Bitcoin trading volume in terms of global ranking for May, according to Coinmetrics data. The U.S. yields yielded the highest daily BTC trading volume. Japan saw, saw roughly $380 million worth of yen on average traded in Bitcoin every 24 hours throughout May. Wow! That's a lot of monies. That's a lot of monies. All right. So next news. The global COVID-19 pandemic gave people the mandate of independent money. Money. With the failure of traditional centralized finance to beat the new economic crisis, people will turn to Bitcoin as the best solution. The COVID-19 pandemic forced the world to hit the brakes on economic activity. And in response, the United States Federal Reserve has introduced trillions of U.S. dollars to pay for the stimulus packages it's given away. Naturally, many people have jumped to inflation as the foregone conclusion. Proponents of Bitcoin are excited about the prospects of inflation because the cryptocurrency has been billed as a check against central bank expansion. And such a period of inflation would demonstrate Bitcoin's value in, in this regard. But inflation is not a foregone conclusion. Central bank expansion can spare millions of unemployed people a great deal of pain. And to view cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin as merely a check against inflation is to miss the forest for the trees. Central banks like the Fed are following specific mandates, improve employment, maintain stable prices, and uphold moderate long-term interest rates. It's an attempt to stimulate the economy by encouraging spending. But whether consumers choose to predominantly save, invest, or spend the new money determines the effectiveness of the stimulus and sets the stage for the next boom-bust cycle to come. Why does this miss the forest for the trees? According to the National Bureau of Economic Research, there have been 28 boom-bust cycles since 1929. Following the 2008 global financial crisis, the subprime mortgage crisis, and the Great Recession, the world has been in the longest boom cycle since 1991, when the internet was born. Although economists disagree about how we escape these cycles, few would argue that they're not a concern. Should central economic planning guide us through a bust, or is it better to rely on individual entities to shore up losses and forge ahead? 
we are now experiencing economic dislocation at the, at the tail end of a boom-bust cycle triggered by natural disaster. The Federal Reserve has intervened with a number of decisions intended to limit economic damage but will exas exacerbate the cycle again. What will the unattended consequences? Stimulating the economy against the natural demand of markets may spare near-term pain, but this relief comes at a cost down the road. The cost might be inflation, but it might also be an even larger boom-bust cycle. Today, a variety of complex trade packs and supply chains means our global economy is so interconnected to whatever long-term consequences we face will affect all traditional assets and shape generational behavior just as the near-term pain we're facing does. So what about Bitcoin? Bitcoin creates value by giving investors the option to exit into an asset outside the traditional cycle of consumption and production. In fact, its lack of cons con consumptive utility distance it from traditional business cycles. By comparison, commodities like oil can be used to speculate or store value, but are easily distorted, distorted by forces like travel demand. In this way, Bitcoin is a check not only against inflation, but against the underlying business cycle that gives rise to things like inflation. Wow, that was a long read. That was a long read. Next news. Oh, wow. Wow, really? Wow, okay. You know what? Let's make a quick. Uh, Gibraltar, fin Gibraltar Financial Watchdog issues warning for four crypto sites. Yeah, VeChain bolsters traceability of Chinese pork products. Another one? I like this. China is doing amazing things. China. China. Blockchain-based supply chain solutions proliferate as VeChain establishes partnerships with fresh meat suppliers. Traceability-focused blockchain projects VeChain has announced a partnership with China's Shenzhen Yuhangtai. No, let me, let me try to read that. Yuhangtai. Yuhangtai. Shenzhen Yuhangtai's food company. This will allow Shenzhen to track pork products distributed to the retailer subsidiary Meijinda Fresh Foods. The partnership will see, see detailed information concerning how pork sold by Mejinda was raised and its route to supermarkets with fresh meat products sold by the chain mandated to be sold on the same day as harvest. Unsold produce is systematically collected and processed and will not be sold that day. Okay, next news. U.S. regulators have doubled standards when it comes to Bitcoin. VEX Garber Gerbex said U.S. regulators have not treated Bitcoin fairly in their exchange-traded fund denials. Bitcoin exchange-traded funds, or ETFs, have faced unfair pushback from U.S. regulators, according to VanEx Director and Digital Asset Specialist Gabor Gerbex. There is there is a persistent double standard against Bitcoin and digital assets, which I think is wrong, Gerbex told host Max Kaiser on recent episode of the Kaiser Report, Bitcoin's ETF denial by the bushel. In its simplest form, a Bitcoin ETF is a financial product traded officially on mainstream stock markets with shares representing exposure to Bitcoin's price. A Bitcoin ETF might be cash-backed or BTC-backed, but uh, depending on the product. 
this avenue essentially allows folks bitcoin excuse me this avenue essentially allows folks bitcoin investments and trading exposures through traditional markets methods and brokers over the past 2 to 3 years the US Securities and Exchange Commission or SEC has denied a massive number of bitcoin ETFs Vanax in collaboration with Solidex submitted one of the most notable bitcoin ETFs facing a plethora of delays and difficulties before dropping its proposition for bitcoin ETF for, uh, approval regular regulators say they need proof that bitcoin exhibits true price action or real price discovery versus market manipulation comparing the situation to other available trade tra- traditional markets ETFs kaiser said the argument about price discovery doesn't ho- hold water gerbax agreed with this notion okay next news quickly now the esco bars believe they found the real satoshi <gasps> what bum 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 meet meet yasu taka once again meet yasu taka nakamoto a drug runner for pablo escobar brother of doria nakamoto and possibly the real creator of bitcoin i want to read that one more time okay meet yasu taka nakamoto drug runner for pablo escobar brother of dorian nakamoto and possibly the real creator of bitcoin a new theory regarding the true identity of anonymous bitcoin creator satoshi nakamoto has emerged from an extremely unlikely source enter the escobar family and their story about yasutaka nakamoto the story goes like this yasutaka nakamoto was a high-ranking engineer for pacific west airlines who worked for the colombian drug lord Pablo Escobar smuggling drugs into the US from South Africa South America. Yasutaka disappeared completely from public view in 1992 after surviving an assassination attempt by his former employer. He then resurfaces years later to create and launch Bitcoin. He is also supposedly the brother of Dorian Satoshi Nakamoto. At least that's the story told to told to Cointelegraph by Olaf Gustaf Gustafsson, CEO of Escobar Inc, the multinational holding company associated with Colombian drug lord Pablo Escobar. Gustafsson is a 27-year-old Swedish entrepreneur who started his first business at age 13. By the time he was 21, he had become CEO of Escobar's multinational conglomerate based in Medellin. Medellin, 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 Colombia. Why are we hearing the story now? In a recent phone call with Cointelegraph's Gustafsson, right-hand man to Pablo's brother Robert, relayed this fantastical version of events in an effort, he says, to silence some of the furor created by self-proclaimed Satoshi Nakamoto, Craig S. Wright. According to Gustafsson's Yasutaka's position as a head engineer for Pacific West Airlines made him the perfect insider for Pablo Escobar's drug smuggling operation, where commercial pilot Barry Seal played by Tom Cruise in the film American Made. 
had previously delivered drug drugs for Escobar. Yasutaka could continue carrying the torch, thanks largely to the unrestricted access afforded afforded him in his role at the airline, says Gustafsson. Gustafsson goes on to claim that Yasutaka's experience with microprocessors and semiconductors supplied him with a base of technical knowledge which he would later apply to the world's first cryptocurrency. According to Gustafsson, Yasutaka was a renegade, wild enough for Pablo Escobar but stubborn enough to never pledge his loyalty. Yasutaka's public profile. Only one public mention of any Yasutaka Nakamoto can be found online. Gustafsson directed us to a Los Angeles Times article from October 1st, 1992, which tells the story of Hughes Aircraft Company employee Yasutaka A. Nakamoto, who emerged unscathed after finding a pipe bomb in his car while parked at work. The article states, Hughes employee Yasutaka A. Nakamoto, 39, at first thought his car had been burglarized because the window had been broken. Sergeant Andy Goins said he then found the device under the seat. As per policy, police refused to give out any further details about the bomb. They also refused to speculate as to why an aircraft engineer would find himself would find himself the target of a car bombing. This assassination attempt marked the end of a fruitful period of drug running collaborations for Nakamoto and Escobar, says Gustafsson. It also marked the last time Yasutaka Nakamoto was ever heard from. Escobar Incorporated is a many-headed hydra that's dabbled in Bitcoin. Escobar Incorporated has already dipped its toes into the cryptocurrency world. In 2018, Roberto Escobar launched Diet Bitcoin, a fork of the Bitcoin blockchain that eventually relocated to Ethereum's ERC's 20 architecture in 2019, but the company also excels at provocative publicity. In 2016, Escobar started a GoFundMe campaign that sought to raise $50 million to accelerate the impeachment of Donald Trump. Roberto Escobar claimed to have information crucial to Robert Mueller's investigation. The GoFundMe page was removed by the fundraising company due to a lack of clarity about how the funds were being allocated. It raised over $10 million in 10 hours before the campaign was shut down. The same year, Escobar threatened Netflix's with a $1 billion lawsuit over what he claimed were inaccurate depictions of his persona in the hit series Narcos. Roberto Escobar also demanded the right to edit subsequent seasons of the show himself. In previous years, Roberto Escobar has claimed Satoshi approached him personally for help in building Bitcoin. Other times, Escobar has claimed that Satoshi was really a cipher for the CIA and the U.S. government. The Escobar Bitcoin Trademark Dispute In 2019, this reporter revealed Gustafsson and Escobar to be the former owners of Bitcoin Trademark, registered with the US United States Patent and Trademark Office. Self-proclaimed Satoshi Nakamoto Craig Wright made headlines in 2019 when he staked his own claim with the U.S. PTO for Bitcoin's name and rights. After failing to respond to Wright's claim in the allotted six months time period, Gustafsson's UK based company, Coin Legal Limited, lost control of the Bitcoin trademark. And now the pendulum appears to have swung back the other way. The latest filing on, 
on the USPTO website shows Bitcoin's name naming rights to be back under the control of Coin Legal Limited. The latest changes to the filing were made as recently as April 14th, 2020, and a review process is underway at this very moment. Like every theory about Satoshi's identity to emerge in recent years, the story of Yasutaga Nakamoto remains light on evidence and credibility. The only person who could contest or corroborate this Bitcoin creation story would be Dorian Satoshi Nakamoto, who Gustafsson claims is Yasutaga's brother. The Return of Dorian Nakamoto Dorian Nakamoto was the subject of a brief but intense period of speculation in 2014 after a Newsweek reporter published claims that he was the face behind Bitcoin. Before eventually denying any involvement with Bitcoin, Dorian initially told reporters he was no longer involved in that and that he couldn't discuss it. Gustafsson pointed to this white page's entry for a Dorian S. Nakamoto, which aligns with Dorian's age and area of residence. The same entry lists six relatives, one of them Yasutaka A. Nakamoto. According to Gustafsson, this is the Nakamoto everyone has been looking for, he said. We believe his middle name is Akiko, a, and that he went by the name a man by the name of Akiko was registered at the address of Dorian in California. That's possibly corroborated by the U.S. phone book search, which lists four Dorian's same relatives and one Akiko Nakamoto. The white pages listing for Yasutaka A. Nakamoto also shows he lived at the same address as Dorian, but such listings don't amount to conclusive proof and could potentially be manipulated by unrelated third parties. More post-humous credit for creating Bitcoin. Gustafsson contends that Dorian knew all about Yasutaka's involvement with Bitcoin and that Dorian himself had traveled to Colombia to conduct business with Roberto Escobar in 2014. In the wake of Yasutaka's disappearance after the car bomb at work incident, this version of Satoshi, if true, can now only take posthumous credit for his invention. Gustafsson claims creating Bitcoin was one of Yasutaka's final acts before passing away in the early 2010s. Meanwhile, after years of harassment following the discredited Newsweek article, Dorian Nakamoto has urged Bitcoiners and cryptocurrency enthusiasts to leave him alone. Although standard journalistic practice would dictate reaching out to Dorian Nakamoto in this instant, Cointelegraph instead aims to respect Dorian's wishes and has not contacted him. When asked why he had come forth with this information now, Gustafsson said Roberto believes it is important to set the record straight. Wow, Cryptonauts. Wowza, 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 wow. I love it. There's so much crypto news out this weekend. So much to read. Um, but we're already, this is probably already my longest podcast. So um, we're going to leave it there. Jeez, uh, there's so much. There's so much. There's so much, so much, so much, so much, so much, so much. So much news out there. That was a really good read. I really love that. Uh, I like I like the whole m- mystery behind who the real Satoshi Nakamoto is. That's so cool. So cool that he was gabbling with with the infamous drug lord. Wow. So with that said, Cryptonauts, have a good weekend. 
and I'll catch you all on the next one. Adios.